Would you argue that there should be more conversation around the Bucs being the best team in the NFL? Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, I think I would put them there. Love that. Um, because uh, you're talking about an offensive line that Tristan Wirfs, we met this kid today, unbelievable. Yeah. I, I mean, he could be CEO of a frigging company. I, it was like talking to Russell Wilson or somebody, you know, and just so sharp, had such a great year. I said, congratulations, just one sack allowed last year. Because eh, I really feel like there were two. I had a half a sack here and a half, you know, just like immediately I go, I love this guy. That's incredible. Um, you've got OJ Howard potentially coming back and being a factor. Mm -hmm. That speed down the field tight end that maybe they don't have uh, right now. You have a Giovanni Bernard who could be filling the James White role on this football team. Is that receiving back uh, coming out of the backfield? Receivers up and down the list. I mean, when a kid like Tyler Johnson is your fifth receiver or whatever he is at this point, uh, just stunning. And we talked a little bit about the defense. I still think Devin White is a fraction of what he's going to be. Mm -hmm. I still think he's learning coverages. I still think he's learning to not just run around and try and make every play to, to, to stay in his gap and be able to do things. You've got a backup safety and Mike Edwards that, that, you know, is, is fully capable if something happens to uh, one of the other guys, uh, Jason Pierre, Paul, uh, this, this Joe Tryon Shoyinka or however you say is his final name that he added on um, is a freakish looking player and will give them three deep to uh, go along with Shaq Barrett and JPP. So as I look at it, I go, Where's the hole? You know, where's the weak spot? In uh, Dominican Sue's never missed a game in his career due to injury. Vita Vea missed all of last year. Comes back now. Is a is a three gap player. Can just control the middle uh, of a of a defense. So uh, you know, I, I, there aren't many teams that I look at and go. They have all of that and Tom Brady playing quarterback and Bruce Arians as the head coach. I'm hard pressed to not make them the favorite. And welcome into the Chris Collinsworth podcast. Uh, I am in Tampa as we speak. I just got finished with some interviews with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we are going to do a little preview of the upcoming games in the NFL this week. But in particular, we're going to focus in on the Thursday night opener special when the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott come into Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the Bucks, And then we fly across the country to Los Angeles and we'll see the Chicago Bears and Andy Dalton. We are pretty sure maybe Justin Fields at some point in the game taking on Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Football is back. The NFL is back. And our friend Austin Gale is going to host the podcast tonight with me as a special guest. Welcome into the Chris Collinsworth podcast, new voice on the show here. My name is Austin Gale, director of content here at PFF, sitting down with the man, the myth, the legend, who everyone wants to hear from, because this is the first voice you'll hear. It's Thursday night football, kickoff of the 2021 NFL season. Chris, great to have you on. It's great to talk to you on this podcast. I feel an honor. How about that? The great Austin Gale now hosting my podcast. 
this is going to be way better than the other way around. So I'm pumped. This is easy. This is fun to do. Oh, this is going to be money. Our chemistry off the mic here is sensational. I can't wait to actually get in and, and do this podcast where I'd like to start. You're coming out of a meeting with TB12, the go. How have uh-huh. the meetings gone? You're down there in Tampa Bay. What insight can you provide us already? You know, it's interesting that coming out of watching them practice, you just are blown away by what this 44 year old avocado drinking juice guy is doing. (laughs) And he's just ripping the ball. We saw it in preseason on tape. So I don't feel like I'm giving away any secrets here, but I I mean, I, I literally found myself there going, damn it. Like, how is he friggin' do there is no difference that I can tell between the top 24 year old Tom Brady and the 44 year old Tom Brady that I used to watch. And this is a guy that um, gave us 10 minutes on the TB12 method, right? On <laughs> flexibility and lengthening muscles versus bench press and forcing your body to tighten muscles and all that it means. And there's no reason that you have to play football in pain and the difference between a body in its twenties and in its thirties and in its forties and all the different things. And you just sit there and you go, I probably would have my BS meter on full tilt. If it weren't for a guy who is actually proving that what he's saying is absolutely true. Um, And so he said, you know, there's from your hotel about five minutes down the road is a TB 12 center so I'm thinking about limping my ass over there and going and letting them stretch me out a little bit. I don't know. I mean, he seems to have cracked the code here. That is fantastic. I think you, along with the other 31 teams in the NFL, are absolutely stunned that Tom Brady continues to be the juggernaut that he is. They're the second-ranked team on PFF's power rankings right behind the Kansas City Chiefs, and they square off against a very good Dallas Cowboys team, the favorite to win the NFC East, but still seven-and-a-half-point dogs on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Where I'd like to start is, honestly, let's get to TB12 later. We need to bring up this man. Dak Prescott coming off multiple injuries in the preseason, looking to start for the Dallas Cowboys in week one. How good or how much better is this Dallas Cowboys team with a healthy Dak Prescott versus what they had last year? And is it enough to overcome what is obviously a seven and a half point road dog here um, against Tampa Bay? You know, I, I think the answer obviously is we don't know, but we do know what we saw from Dak last year in the first five games in which he played. And this guy is the first guy in history to go over, what was the number, over 400 yards or over 450 yards and three straight, something like that. I'll, I'll look it up for you here in a minute. But it was it was absolutely insane. Yeah, over 450 yards in three straight games. And so now you go, all right, come on, let's be serious, right? He broke his ankle. He hasn't played in a game. He gets in camp. He hurts his shoulder. He doesn't practice with the team. They're playing against the world champs. They're playing against a defense that shut down Aaron Rodgers in the championship game, uh, that shut down Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, held them under 10 points. Come on. Now Zach Martin may not be able to play. We don't know what the final word is on that. And You know, who are we kidding, right? But Dallas, four quarterbacks later, 
still sort of hung around for a little while in that division. Mm-hmm. And now they get back the guy who had three straight games over 450 yards. And they have a collection of receivers in this game that are second to none. I mean, just on his side, Amari Cooper, you know, is almost uncoverable one-on-one. Um, we saw Dalton Schultz come into the tight end position when Blake Jarwin got hurt in week one and have by far his best year, you know, 63 catches on the season. Michael Gallup, if you play one-on-one man coverage against him, they're throwing it deep. Just write it down. That's what they're going to do with him. Uh, and C.D. Lamb conceivably could be the best player. Plus, you consider that, that Dallas played last year without Tyron Smith, without Lyle Collins. Zach Martin missed six games on the year. This is a team driven by their offensive line and their running game. Ezekiel Elliott had by far his worst year. But if we at PFF are going to use the phrase running backs don't matter, it's all about the offensive line, right? Then if the offensive line isn't there, shouldn't that explain a bad year by the running back? And I think the answer is yes. So could we see this brand new offense that we saw in the first five games from Dallas uh, going against this tremendous Tampa defense? I think we will. How ready can Dak Prescott be? Your guess is as good as mine. So looking at the last you know, first five weeks of the season, he was the seventh highest graded quarterback in the NFL before that injury. And right now, according to PFF's projections, he's projected to have the seventh most passing yards of any quarterback in the NFL. I want to stick with Dak Prescott a little bit more. You know, no one knows how healthy this guy is. No one knows if he's going to play a full 17 game season, but Barring that he does, let's control for the fact that let's say Dak Prescott does play all 17 games for the Dallas Cowboys this year. What is their ceiling expectation? How good could this Cowboys team be? He's plus 210 to win comeback player of the year. That's the favorite. Do you think Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys are a legit playoff competitor if Dak Prescott is healthy for a full season? Oh, absolutely. Uh, one, I don't think the division is great. Again, <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's, a, that's probably an understatement. Um, but yeah, because the, the flip side of it is, is this was a historically bad Dallas defense a season ago. Dan Quinn comes over a lot of changes. We can talk about all that. Um, but you have to at least think that, okay, best case scenario, Dallas goes back to the middle of the pack of defense, Yeah. but that still means they have to score a lot of points to compete. You know, they have to score a lot of points. But also remember this, that Dallas does not play a team with a winning record until like November from last season after they get finished with Tampa Bay. So in my mind, I always would rather play the best team I'm going to see all season long on the road. You're going to be an underdog no matter how you slice it. I don't care where they show up. So you've got things you have to work through as a new defense, as a new offense with Dak Prescott coming back, all those different things. Wouldn't you rather do it against the world champs and come out and go, the heck, we got nothing to lose. Let's go sling it around a little bit. Let's see what happens. But at the very least, the old iron sharpens iron kind of thing. Let's go work it out against the world champs. I think it's a perfect spot for them. I would agree with you 100%. And looking at PFF's projections, our strength of schedule metric, they have the 10th easiest schedule of any team in the NFL. The only, the NFC East is the only conference with all four teams ranked outside the top 17 in PFF's power ranking. It's not a good division. They are a healthy Dak Prescott way. And I agree with you for being a legit playoff competitor. And as, as quickly as they find out 
and work out the kinks and, and make sure Dak Prescott's healthy. If it starts with Tampa Bay, I mean, this could be a much more competitive game than people think. I want to get back to the defense side of the ball. Last year, they ranked 24th in EPA per play. It was a historically bad Dallas Cowboys defense. But we say all the time that defense is volatile. And you could see some improvement, some positive regression from this defense. Trayvon Diggs, the quarterback out of Alabama, entering year two. They've added a ton of talent at linebacker, Jarrell Cox, Keanu Neal, Micah Parsons. How confident are you in the upgrades they've made this offseason, combined with the overall volatility of defense of seeing a better or improved Cowboys defense in 2021? Yeah, I think it's going to come down to how the secondary plays. I mean, clearly they got stung by not being able to get one of the top two cornerbacks um in the draft and they everybody everybody mocked them with one of those two cornerbacks then when they're both gone uh Sertan and JC Horn when they're both gone seven and eight and then they look at their board and who's the best player on the board who plays defense Micah Parsons unfortunately what is the position of strength that we have on this football team you know, probably linebacker, at least as far as having healthy bodies there, yeah. you know, Leighton Vander Esch has uh, apparently been much uh, sharper. Jalen Smith, they have to make tough contract decisions on him um, after this football season, but it doesn't alleviate what's happened in the secondary. So now you're kind of rolling back with Trayvon Diggs and Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis. Uh, you're, you're figuring out if Donovan Wilson who played really well a season ago, um, can he take that next step up? You've got DeMonte KZ, J. Ron Curse coming into the building to play specific roles. So uh, the hardest part with watching Dallas play defense is you're going to have number nine and number 11 and, and number six and all these guys around the line of scrimmage are they linebackers? Are there safeties? Can Tampa pick them out? Can they separate them and understand what they're trying to do to them? Um, so a lot of a lot of depth, a lot of new parts, a lot of sort of position flexibility for this defense. Uh, but they still have to do it. You know, Dan Quinn still has to go out there and go. All right, guys, we haven't really shown any of our stuff yet. We're not going to make it easy on Tom Brady. We're going to try and disguise. We're going to do a lot of different things uh, to try to make this thing work. But ultimately, those corners are out there on an island. And you have to look across the board at, you know, the Mike Evans and the Rob Gronkowskis and the Scotty Millers and the Chris Godwins and all these guys. Eventually, a bad matchup is going to show up. And number 12 is playing quarterback. And he'll know it before we know it what that bad matchup is. And, and that's going to be the challenge. Yeah, it is a tall order for a bad Dallas Cowboys defense to show up much improved against a very good Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. We haven't talked about the Bucs a ton. I got a couple more questions on the Bucs and then we'll jump to the Bears-Rams game, the game that you're calling. Um, Tampa Bay, they have a lot of hype right now out of training camp that Antonio Brown is lighting things on fire. What are you hearing or what do you know about how Tampa Bay has treated Antonio Brown this offseason? And is he you know, a dark horse to be a legitimate top-tier threat? Because everyone talks about Mike Evans. Everyone talks about Gronkowski and Chris Godwin. But Antonio Brown, you know, a couple of years ago, was the best receiver in the league and wasn't even close. Does, could Antonio Brown be, have a resurgent season with the Bucs this year for a full 17-game schedule? And should other teams be worried? Um, well, I think you look at what he did last year. You know, we called the very – first game that he played and I think it was the New Orleans game 
And there were like two or three mistakes where Brady's throwing the ball deep and he's stopping short or he's stopping short and Brady's throwing the ball deep. They had no idea what they were doing together. And by the end of the year, you would be hard pressed to say Antonio Brown wasn't one of the really key component parts of that offense. Now, certainly, you know, I mean, Godwin and Evans are always going to be, and Gronk was getting back in shape and, you know, things were starting to come together uh, on a lot of different levels. Um, so yeah, I, you know, Antonio Brown popped up on the injury report. He had a little knee thing, something going on. So I won't give away what I saw at practice today. Um, but as far as what we saw a season ago, I thought Antonio Brown was a huge asset to this offense uh, and to Tom Brady. And remember all the off the field stuff with Antonio Brown. Yeah. He has a real belief and a real faith in Tom Brady. And I think one of the reasons that he came back to Tampa, he was like the last one to resign is that that's like the Godfather, right? And like Tom Brady legitimately has shown that he cares about him as a person, has invited him into his home, has spent a lot of time with him. And I think for I think for Antonio, that meant more than football, that meant more than money. And when you get those kinds of things going within a football team, you know, you talk about the value of Tom Brady as a recruiter. You know, when Tom Brady calls Leonard Fournette, it's like, okay, where do you want me? When he calls Antonio Brown, yeah, I'm there, right? When Leonard Fournette's not happy with his role and Antonio and and uh, AB is is out there going, hey, dude, you either got to shape up and do what we're asking you to do and accept your role or get the hell out of here. Yeah. And he did shape up, you know, and he became like this huge weapon in the playoffs. So there's this sort of connective tissue with Tampa that goes beyond – what a lot of teams have. And I think it all sort of begins with Tom Brady. Well, fire up your tailgates. The NFL is back and get in on the action uh, before the opening night kicks off with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving all customers the opportunity to participate in this year's no-brainer offer. I love this. DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread to Tampa Bay plus 73 for all customers. So basically that means you can still cash in as long as the reigning champs don't lose by 74 points against Dallas. And if you haven't tried DraftKings, yes, don't miss out. DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 or more on any football game. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFFBET. That's PFFBET. New customers bet $1 on any football game to receive $200 in free bets instantly with promo code PFFBET. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Fantasy football draft season is here, and we are offering 30% off any PFF subscription. 30% off any, any PFF subscription to all first-time subscribers with promo code KICKOFF30, K-I-C-K-O-F-F-3-0. For just seven bucks, you get access to PFF's Fantasy Football Draft Guide, the player rankings and projections. Check out my rankings, all of PFF's locked article content, 
cheat sheets, your fantasy draft, and more. Again, that's promo code, drumroll please, kickoff30 for 30% off any PFF subscription. Get access to all of PFF's fantasy tools for seven bucks. Last question on the box here, and then we'll jump to the Bears and Rams game. Bears at Rams, the other game you're calling this weekend. Um, so Tampa Bay, it's been talked about a ton. They return all 22 starters from their Super Bowl run. Right now, they're the second favorited team to win the Super Bowl, right behind the Kansas City Chiefs. But, and we'll get to your Super Bowl prediction later. Should there be more conversation about this Bucks team being the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I know everyone loves Patrick Mahomes. I know everyone loves this Kansas City Chiefs team, and they're the favorite for a reason. But this Bucks team is returning all 22 starters and has enough talent on both sides of the ball and the depth to really move forward. Would you argue that there should be more conversation around the Bucs being the best team in the NFL? Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, I think I would put them there. Love that. Um, because uh, you're talking about an offensive line that – Tristan Wirfs, we met this kid today. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I mean, he could be CEO of a friggin' company. I, it was like talking to Russell Wilson or somebody, you know, and just so sharp, had such a great year. I said, congratulations, just one sack allowed last year. He goes, eh, I really feel like there were two. I had a half a sack here and a half, you know, just like immediately I go, I love this guy. That's incredible. Um, you've got OJ Howard potentially coming back and being a factor. Mm -hmm. that speed down the field tight end that maybe they don't have uh, right now. You have a Giovanni Bernard who could be filling the James White role on this football team is that receiving back uh, coming out of the backfield receivers up and down the list. I mean, when a kid like Tyler Johnson is your fifth receiver or whatever he is at this point, uh, just stunning. And we talked a little bit about the defense. I still think Devin White is, a fraction of what he's going to be. Mm -hmm. I still think he's learning coverages. I still think he's learning to not just run around and try and make every play to, to, to stay in his gap and be able to do things. You've got a, a backup safety and Mike Edwards that, that, you know, is, is fully capable if something happens to uh, one of the other guys. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, this this Joe Tryon Shoyinka, or however you say his, his final name that he added on, um, is a freakish-looking player and will give them three deep to uh, go along with Shaq Barrett and JPP. So as I look at it, I go, where's the hole? You know, where's the weak spot? Uh, and Dominican Sue's never missed a game in his career due to injury. Vita Vea missed all of last year, comes back now, is a is a three-gap player, can just control the middle uh, of, a, of a defense. So, uh, you know, I, I, there aren't many teams that I look at and go, they have all of that and Tom Brady playing quarterback and Bruce Arians as the head coach. I, I'm hard-pressed to not make them the favorite. I think you are spot on with that analysis. I find myself looking at this roster as well as where is the hole, even when you look at the depth. I mean, second and third string, they have talent. They have talent deep down the depth chart there in Tampa Bay. There's a big reason why there are seven and a half point favorites over a Dallas Cowboys team that's projected to win the division. It's projected to win the NFC East, and they're still seven and a half point favorites over the Dallas Cowboys. That game. Good luck, man. That's going to be a fantastic game for you to watch in the booth. But let's go ahead and jump now. Let's shift gears. We're heading to L.A. Chicago right. Bears, Los Angeles Rams. This is a special game, in my, in my opinion, because the quarterback narratives 
Uh, both these teams are so spectacular to dive into. Let's start with Chicago. Obviously, Chicago starting Andy Dalton in this game. Andy Dalton, the veteran, they brought him in this offseason. They told him he was QB1, and then they go up and trade for Justin Fields, the quarterback of Ohio State, the number three quarterback on PFF's draft board, a guy that graded well this preseason, has looked really good this preseason, but still not enough to be named the starter. Your opinion now of Matt Nagy's decision to start Andy Dalton, and I guess your opinion of this quarterback competition and what you ultimately think should happen. Yeah, I, obviously you talk to people in Chicago and probably the biggest thing they say is that what we see in practice is Andy with all the people that are going to be starting with him. Mm -hmm. And it's completely different. We haven't seen one snap in preseason where Andy Dalton has played with everybody that he's going to play with. So that's one. Two, you've got a guy when you get to professional defenses, you know, when Aaron Donald is all of a sudden playing the, the edge on the left side and you better be able to slide their protection that way and to be able to pick it up. He can get them in and out of a huddle. Uh, he can he, he can make checks with a single look at, um, at Allen Robinson. He's a professional quarterback at this point. And, and on the other side, you have, and so there's a great comfort level on all accounts. Yeah. On the other side, you got Justin Fields, who I don't, I don't even know if he called plays in the huddle when he was at Ohio State. They kind of look over in the cards, and you know how college football is now. Yeah. Um, who physically may be one of the great specimens we've ever seen play the position, running four four. Some of the great escapes, the ability to throw the ball anywhere on the field, the energy that he brings to an offense when he's in there, and he is going to be the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. The question is, and it would be the only question I would have if I ran the Bears organization is, what is best for Justin Fields this year? I don't even personally care. Well, I do care. But if we didn't make the playoffs, but we did everything to, to set up Justin Fields to be successful for the next 15 years, anything I do this year will have been worth it. Yeah. If I throw Justin Fields out there, and he doesn't know what he's seeing when it comes to the rush, when it comes to checking protections, when it comes to looking down the field and understanding coverage. If I throw him out here, and every time he sits back in the pocket, he looks around, he doesn't know what he's doing, and he trains himself to take off and run, right? Which is a very viable option for somebody who runs 4-4 and weighs 230 pounds. Yeah. That's a very viable option. But that's what he gets out of the 2021 season. In my opinion, that would have been a failed season. That teaching him to play the quarterback position at the NFL level and understanding that he has not seen NFL defenses during the course of preseason. He has no idea what they look like. Now he's going to watch Andy Dalton. He's going to watch the game film afterwards. He's going to talk to Andy Dalton. He's going to talk to Matt Nagy. He's going to talk to everybody involved and, and begin to understand. Begin mm -hmm. to understand. Now, when does that understanding really kick in? It might be week two. I don't know. It might be week 10. It might not be to year three. I don't have any idea, but I know I have something in Chicago that I haven't had in my lifetime almost. I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. We have a quarterback who might be it. He might be it. He might be able to play with Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and all I care about
where he is ready to play quarterback for in the NFL. Yeah, I think that is exactly right. I think when I talk about the Justin Fields situation, you know, everyone in Chicago, for the right reasons, wants to see Justin Fields play. He is a phenom. He runs a 4'4". He's 230 pounds. He's got this crazy arm talent. But the number one reason you don't play a rookie quarterback in his rookie season is if it's going to develop bad habits. And that's something you spoke to. You, you're going to develop bad habits playing behind that offensive line, which according to PFF is a bottom three offensive line in the NFL, especially with Tevin Jenkins, the rookie now having back surgery, you're going to develop bad habits behind that offensive line. And with that offense that you don't want to carry into year two. And you're right. The number one question the Chicago bears franchise needs to ask is what's the best for Justin Fields. If that's losing every game this year, but letting him learn behind Andy Dalton, then you do it. Cause that's, what's going to put this franchise in a position to succeed. Let's shift gears now to the other side of the ball. The other team in this in this game with Matthew Stafford, they add a quarterback, they trade multiple first round picks to go after and get an upgrade. I'll call it an upgrade over Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. The biggest question is, and everyone has a different answer to this. How big of an upgrade is Matthew Stafford over Jared Goff? And is it enough to bring this Rams team within playoff Super Bowl contention with the Tampa Buccaneers and, and the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, it's it's the right question. And I think when I heard about the deal, I thought it was going to be an upgrade. I, I don't know how much of an upgrade I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to admit that we haven't called a lot of Lions games on Sunday <laughs> night football. So I haven't really studied, studied them. Like I watch highlights of the other games, but usually by Monday morning, I'm already working on our next game. So if we don't do your game, I don't know all that much about it. So I went back on and I put on every Matthew Stafford pass for the whole year. I'm just going, I'm just going to grind this thing. I'm going to see if what they did was smart. Um, and, and I got to admit, I was stunned at what he was doing. Uh, now, granted, he had some good receivers in there, but to see a guy ad lib a 45 yard seam post inside the safety and throw this rocket down there and do it time after time to see a guy manipulate the middle of the field for those digs and crossing routes to move a safety with his eyes and then rip one right by his fingertips for big completions and not get his receiver killed in the process is a really big deal in the National Football League. I don't know that we've really seen Matthew Stafford make plays on the edge like he's going to have to do in this offense. I mean, the bootleg's going to be a big part. The play action's going to be a big part of this thing. Uh, but I think athletically, he is more than capable of doing this. Um, for the first time, we are going to see this Rams offense and Sean McVay and what it can be with a veteran quarterback that they're not trying to give some last minute bit of advice to uh, at the 15 second clock as it ticks down. A guy who's able to ad lib, create plays, move inside the pocket and still make throws and still keep his eyes down the field. Uh, Matthew Stafford did way more in Detroit than I ever gave him credit for. Uh, and I think there's a, at least a chance now um, that we're going to see a new version of him, uh, a new enthusiasm. And, and one of the keys to it might well be Deshaun Jackson. They have kept Deshaun Jackson under wraps. 
And it's not that I'm talked to coaches and I've got some secret thing. You like I can read newspaper accounts and go, uh oh, they got something. They they know they've got so they're not even practicing him that much. But when you add a guy with that element of speed to be able to take the top off and to help Cooper Cup and to help Robert Woods get open and those guys and inside of this offense, um, that to me is a really big deal. But we likely in this game will have the first starting combination of 39-year-olds at left tackle in the history of the NFL, right? You got Jason Peters, you got Andrew Whitworth. Uh, so there's just so many interesting things for me uh, to watch in this game. And then, of course, you've got Khalil Mack trying to wreck the entire thing on the other side. So uh, great matchup, uh, really interesting game. And I, I, I honestly can't wait to see what Stafford's going to do inside this offense. Yeah, I do think with Stafford, one of my favorite stats that I saw is he's one of the highest graded quarterbacks, according to PFF, working after his first read, whereas Jared Goff was one of the lowest graded quarterbacks. And that's where this offense is going to look different. You know, Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff working in this system will do a lot of the things the same. But it's when you have to work outside of structure. It's when you have to extend the play and you have to be different is where Stafford separates himself from Jared Goff. And it's exactly why you know, Sean McVay and this Los Angeles Rams team traded multiple first-round picks to go grab Matthew Stafford because they were fine with Jared Goff inside of structure. They needed something outside of structure. And I think that's what Stafford brings to the table. One more question on this game, and then we'll jump to your Super Bowl prediction in 2021. Brandon Staley is no longer coaching for the Los Angeles Rams. One of the best you know, coordinators of last season is now coaching for the Los Angeles Chargers right there still in L.A., are you expecting any drop-off, even though this team is stacked on defense? Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, there is a ton of talent on the defense side of the ball. Leonard Floyd, like, do you expect a drop-off losing Brandon Staley on the sidelines, or are you, do you think this system will stay intact? I, I don't know. Uh, Raheem Moore is certainly a veteran coach. He's been around. Um, we'll see what they do. You know, uh, Raheem even when he comes into places, every defensive coordinator is going to put his own touch on it. Right. I mean, they just are. Um, I, I think um, the loss of uh, John Johnson 100%. safety position, like I watched the game last year when they uh, were playing uh, against the bears, Johnson made three plays in that game. that could have been 50 yard plays or touchdowns against any other safety. Uh, a phenomenal talent. He was a signal caller on the defense. How many safeties have you ever heard is the signal caller? Usually it's like the Mike linebacker, right? Um, so I, I think there's, I, I think there's some differences. I think it's impossible to, to compare what one defense is to a, a, another year. Um, but it, it, and the other thing probably is it's a superstar driven defense. Uh, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey are the guys that, are the rock stars, you know, and, and they go outside Matthew Stafford on the other side. So you lose one of those two guys to injury and all of a sudden your salary cap is really a painful because they got rid of a lot of depth on this defensive line. Um, and so can they hold up without Aaron Donald being the cornerstone? You know, he's been the best player in football. He's been JJ Watt, you know, since I've been a PFF, you had the, J.J. Watt era where he was off the charts. We don't even know how to grade him. If he's 99, everybody else is 79, you know? And then you got the same thing with Aaron Donald. It's like, 
how do you say he's not the best player in football? Well, he doesn't play quarterback, but other than that, he's the best player in football. Um, So, you know, it's, I I think it's a really interesting thing to see how they'll do without him. Um, But I, I do, I do believe that there's still enough on this defense and Stafford gives them enough of an interesting upside on that side to where the team could actually be better. Man, these two slates are going to be fantastic. I think you're asking all the right questions, too, for the Rams defense. They did lose Brandon Staley. They did lose John Johnson. This is star power. They don't have the depth that other defenses have. It's a very interesting story, like Bears at Rams and also the Cowboys at Bucks. Let's let's finish it off here with what everyone wants from Chris Collinsworth in the United States, in the world. This 2021 Super Bowl prediction, who do you have going to the Super Bowl in 2021, Chris? Oh God, I hate doing this because I'm, I'm never you. right. I'm, I'm, I'm not, it's like a wasted exercise, you know. To, to me, I, I think if, uh, Tampa would be my choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just think they have everything going for them on on in the NFC. It, it doesn't mean anything. San Francisco would be my long shot. Uh, I could see that defense returning to health. I tend to pick them San Francisco every year and then too many weird things happen to make me want to stay there. I think the AFC is as hard as it possibly could be to pick one team out of there. And I know the Kansas city chiefs are the choice and the Buffalo bills are the choice. Cleveland Browns are sneaking in there, but would it surprise anybody if it were the, LA chargers that came up, would it surprise anybody if it were the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Baltimore Ravens or the Tennessee Titans? I mean, you go right down the list. I I just think it's, it's literally impossible. So I might as well take, go out on a limb here a little bit. I, I mean, like I, I really love the three teams in the North. I think Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, um, just so hard to try and pick one of those out of the group. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go all the way out on the limb. I'm going to take a shot at, a, at the Chargers. Love that. I, you know, Derwin James coming back. I, I could just see that team um, ending up being one of those stunners, you know, that we're all saying Justin Herbert uh, was an aberration, that everything that he did last year was mostly – under pressure, and, and that's not a reliable, predictable kind of stat going forward. But what if he just makes that jump? What if he makes the Josh Allen jump from year one to year two, and last year was the lowest he's ever going to be? Well, damn, if that's the lowest he's going to be, he could be really good. Now they have legitimate players on that offensive line. Every year we say the same thing. I love the Chargers, except their offensive line stinks. So they draft Rashawn Slater in the first round. They take Matt Filer from the Steelers. They get the best center in Corey Lindsley uh, in football. Brian Balaga is healthy. Obushi comes over. So they have a legit team. Can Keenan Allen keep where he's been? Can Mike Williams take that next level step? You know, they lose their tight end. But there are a lot of players on that team. Joey Bose is as good as there is on the defensive side. Uh, Darwin James and I I just feel like that sort of like Cleveland I I look at Cleveland the same way if they weren't the LA Chargers wouldn't we all be 
thinking of picking them to win the Super Bowl, but damn it, the Chargers never win. They always fall on their face. The Cleveland Browns always fall on their place, you know, face. So I, 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 I was going to take Cleveland or the Chargers just because I didn't want to take the chalk. Uh, so I'm going to try the Chargers. I'm in love with that. Chargers Bucks Super Bowl would be phenomenal. Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, new guard versus old guard. I'd, I'd love to see it. I'd honestly love to see it. And I appreciate you not going with the chalk. It's easy to say Chiefs Bucks. Everyone's going to say Chiefs Bucks. I appreciate you not going with the chalk in the AFC. Chris, this has been fantastic. Thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. I had a phenomenal time. Good luck there in Tampa Bay. Good luck in LA. Safe travels. Really appreciate it. Until next time, the Chris Collinsworth Podcast. 